0: Open your Bibles, please, to Job chapter 17. Job chapter 17. The nature of this sermon is different than some. We have been in the book of Corinthians where we've looked at one page the entire time and I led you through it verse by verse. You're going to have to turn the pages of your Bible and turn them rapidly today because we're going to open the vault of God's Word. To look for the reward and the recompense of his saints. The sermon could go on indefinitely because I have 30 treasures and at least four verses for each one. But we're only going to look at one and we're only going to go for a modest amount of time because the rest is going to be available to you and if I go beyond it, I'll saturate you to the point of vomiting. Even with the word of God. Honey is good, but if you eat too much, It'll make you sick. And if I repeat myself too many times, you'll lose the value of what I'm trying to give you. We have a website. And the sermon outline will be there. And it's a wonderful thing to consider. The power of a righteous life. Men can have power with God. Men can be great. Men can receive a good report. From heaven. And we want to do that. We want to accomplish that. Look at Job 17.9 with me. Oh, you're going to hear some jewels today, and I don't care which one you lay hold of, and you take home and you say, that's mine. Look at this one. Job 17, 9. The righteous also shall hold on his way, and he that hath clean hands shall be stronger and stronger. How is that for a text? Do you like that for the righteous? The righteous shall hold on his way, and shall be stronger and stronger. But it describes him he has clean hands. This is a reference to the fact that though affliction might come, and though others might accuse you of hypocrisy, it doesn't matter if you're righteous, you're going to hold on your way, you're not going to deter, you're not going to backslide, and God is going to bless you and renew your strength day by day, to be stronger and stronger. I love the verse. This is the word of the Lord. This is not Jonathan Crosby to you. This is the Lord to you. Rejoice in his word. I hope you'll not forget Psalm 18, verses 19 through 26 that we've already read for those listening to this cassette tape. Stop it right now. Open your Bibles to Psalm 18 and read eight verses, 19 through 26. And see David there speak of God's reward for his personal righteousness. When you're done there, go to Psalm 112 and read all ten verses of that psalm. For it describes the same thing, the blessing of God on the upright. We believe that we shall stand before God and be accepted by him only. Through the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. But we believe that righteousness was given to us to live like the sons of God. Amen. And when we live like the sons of God, he will be a father to us. And we will be his sons and daughters. He will dwell with us. And he will bless us and reward us. Right. Here. And now, in this, in this world. And we want to look at that today. There's no man that has no sin. And to say that you have no sin, you make God a liar. And you're a liar, and you're foolish and wrong. We all have sinned. David had sinned. All the great men of Scripture. And I'm so thankful the Bible is honest with us in telling us that Noah got drunk when he got off the ark. I'm thankful that the Bible tells us that. Because it gives me comfort. If it didn't tell me anything bad about any of the men of Scripture, I'd know that I couldn't compare. But he got drunk. I'm glad that I know about Abraham, that he thought he'd help God out by taking a second wife and having Ishmael by Hagar. I'm glad that I can read about Moses smiting a rock instead of speaking to it. I'm glad I can read about David. Not that it ever excuses sin or makes sin less than it is, but that God is able to forgive sin and still call a man the delight of my heart. Isn't that wonderful? That's why the Word of God has all that it has. For you and me, because we're sinners. You know, you know what I'm thankful for? I'm thankful for Elijah. John the Baptist came and preached in the spirit and power of Elijah. Do you think I have any ambition toward that? Do you have any ambition toward that? But do you know what it tells me about Elijah? What does it tell me about him? He was subject to like passions as we are. Subject to them. Does that mean that once in a while they had dominion over him? When you're subject to something? Oh, thank you, Lord. Elijah's sitting under a tree. I can't do it all. I'm the only one left. (laughs) Yeah, right. I've got 7,000 more, and I'll get up and eat this bread and go for 40 days in the strength of it. That's the Lord taking care of Elijah. But do you know what it tells us about that man? He was subject to like passions as we are. I can see him under the juniper tree. Do you know what he wanted to do? Harry Carey commit suicide. Ever feel like uh, just ending it all? Sometimes you're frustrated enough? Subject to like passions as we are and yet God gave him as an example to fulfill the expression the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous, righteous man. And what, what righteous man does he, dredge, does he dredge up from the Old Testament? Joseph? Elijah? Amen. I present to you a message from the King of Heaven Amen. that is worthy of all acceptation. Amen. He loves His children. Now let's open the vault and see the blessings that are there for those that want power in their lives and blessing in their lives. And listen, I'll tell you, a, I'll tell you something. The truly righteous don't even care about what's in the vault. Right. Because they just want to worship and serve God because He is God and because He has loved them already. Amen but I'm just laying this on for you because the Bible tells me to. And David was thankful for all the blessings that God gave him, as we read in Psalm 18. But the truly righteous want to serve and fear God because He is God. Because they have in their hearts a motive for Him, not a motive for things. But the fact that God is so gracious, if we'll make Him our motive, like Solomon said, Lord, all I want is a wise and understanding heart, so that I can serve you better with these thy so great a people. Because you've asked for this thing to serve me well and my people, I'll give you everything that you would ordinarily have asked for. Right. That's our blessed God. Amen. The vault. Genesis 18:19. Oh, I love the word of God. He hath recompensed me according to the righteousness of my own hands. And I, you say, well, I'm not very righteous. Well, David wasn't perfectly righteous either. So you can measure up to David. There's five great men in the Bible, listed as great men. Who were they? Noah. Moses. Samuel. Daniel. Job. Do we know about sins in their lives? Yeah. Yeah. Did Job sin in the book of Job? Yeah. Did he get self-righteous and blame God? Oh, There's comfort in the word of God. God still listed those men. Okay, the power of a righteous life. Is there, is there power? Do you have power with God so that God wants to bless your life, your family, your children, your grandchildren, by your righteousness? the first treasure god will fulfill all his promises to the righteous right. and the book is full of great and precious promises look at genesis 18:19 i read the bible there's so many promises it's just almost unbearable sometimes there's so many promises of what god will do for the righteous but he will fulfill them if you're obedient genesis 18:19 i used it 2 weeks ago for another matter Speaking of Abraham, God said, for I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. Is that the description of a righteous man? It is indeed. That the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. Oh, I've got more verses, but we've got to go to the next treasure. But just hold on for one second with that treasure. God will fulfill his promises to those that obey him. God had many promises for Abraham. Don't we read over and over? And God said to thee and to thy seed, I will do this, I will do that, I will give this, I will give that, I will protect from this. How did it all come to pass? Abraham was a righteous man. And God said, I know he's a righteous man. He will command his household after him. A real man taking his household, his wife and his children, and his servants. He had 318 trained servants that could fight off four kings and their armies. His whole household, he taught them to fear the Lord. And God said, that I might keep all my promises that I've made to this man. Because, see, a lot of God's promises are conditional, brethren. They're conditional. They're based upon our obedience. God has made some everlasting covenants with himself for us. And that is what's going to land us safe in heaven one day. But while we're here, he's made a great deal of conditional promises. You don't forget 2 Corinthians seven one, do you? Therefore, having these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves. Seven of them. Okay. God will keep all those if we're righteous. What does it mean to be righteous? We set our heart to follow the Lord. We hate this world and sin. Some of the songs we sang. It's gold in store doesn't mean anything to us. God will keep His promises to you, and there are exceeding great and precious promises Amen. in the Word of God. That's treasure number one. Treasure number two, He'll show you His secrets. Psalm twenty-five. Psalm twenty-five. Oh Lord, lay hold of souls this morning. Amen. Lay hold of mine. Psalm 25. I've got 12 or 15 on this particular point. I'll give you two from the same chapter. Psalm 25, verse 12. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. God will teach a man in the way that God will choose for him and lead him along through life. are you ever confused in a dilemma? God is able to give answers. He'll lead the man that fears him. Verse 12. Verse 14. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. He'll help them understand it, and he'll help them get the benefits of his covenant. He'll open the word of God to them. Jesus would say, if any man will do his will, speaking of his Father in heaven, he shall know of the doctrine, whether I speak of myself or of God. John 7 17. God will show his secret to a righteous man. He'll open the word of God to him. He'll speak to him. He'll lead him through life. He'll make the crooked places straight and the rough places plain. Amen. That's a treasure. That's a blessing. Right. Light. Oh, there's so many. There's so many verses. Light arises in the darkness right. for the righteous. Yes. You know, when when it's nighttime. And you didn't have switches everywhere. Darkness was dangerous. You couldn't see where you were going, so you didn't go anywhere. Light arises in the darkness. How comforting it is, especially for a watchman in the camp or in other places, for that sun to arise and drive away all that darkness. Light arises in the darkness for the righteous. Treasure number three. God will surely answer the prayers of the righteous. Amen. When they pray, they will be heard, and they'll have power with God, like Jacob did. Was Jacob sinless? No. What did his wife, his favorite wife, steal away from her father when he left and Aram? His, fault, his little idols? Then she lied about them? Did he have quite a messed up family? Did he have power with God? Did he say... I will not let you go until you bless me. I hope you remember that from from last Sunday. I hope that was said, and I'm sure it was, and I hope you remember it. God will surely answer the prayers of the righteous. Let's go to James 5.16 and look at the verse that was given to you last Sunday. Though others could be raised, it's such a short little statement because it ends with, Availeth much. Prayer can do great things. Prayer can do great things. And it says the effectual, you were taught last Sunday night, how to pray effectually. The effectual fervent. How to pray passionately. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's the verse. That's a treasure. If you look at that wisely, the righteous man has power with God, like Jacob, in order to avail much in his life. When you go to the Lord, great things happen. Joshua could go to the Lord and ask for the sun to stand still. Right. And it stood still. Daniel could go to the Lord and say, Lord, these ain't pussycats. And the Lord shut the mouths of all those lions. Right. The righteous man, his prayers are heard. Now, I want to, point, I want to move on from that. You, you know that. You should know that. But, brethren, that's a treasure. Amen. If you ever wonder why your prayers aren't answered, it's because you're being rebellious somewhere. You're being stubborn somewhere. Or God's trying your patience. But the point of these verses is it's your fault, not his. He's not trying you. You're trying him. You're being forward to him, so he's being forward to you. Power with God in prayer. Then your prayers for other people. Intercessory prayer. Right. Where you pray for others. Job 42. Job 42. I wouldn't even say I've got these treasures in any order. I don't like to order God's treasures. I just want to stick my hands in the vault and grab one. And look at it and say, thank you, Lord. I'll serve you without it, but I thank you for it. God will honor your prayers for others. Did Abraham wrestle with the Lord about Sodom and Gomorrah for the sake of his nephew? and his wife, and his five daughters, and three sons-in-law. How many is that? Ten. Ten. He got the Lord down to ten to save Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. But the Lord knew there weren't ten righteous there. He didn't go far enough. Job 42. Look at this. Verse 7. it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job... The Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends. For ye have not spoken of me the thing that is right, as my servant Job hath. Therefore take unto you now seven bullocks and seven rams, and go to my servant Job, and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you, for him will I accept. Lest I deal with you after your folly, in that ye have not spoken of me the thing which is right, like my servant Job. So Eliphaz the Temanite, and Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Naamathite went and did according to the Lord. As the Lord commanded them, the Lord also accepted Job. Here's a man that prayed for his three friends. Now, were these three friends the low lowlifes of the world at that time? Or were these three very wise men who knew the fear of the Lord? read the book of Job sometime, they just misapplied it against Job, they were vicious in their condemnation of him but look at who, got, who had to pray for them in the end, God wouldn't even listen to their stench, coming from Eliphaz Bildad or Zophar, he said you go take 14 animals I want two times the, per- the perfect number, and you offer a sacrifice and Job will pray for you, because I'll hear him, but I won't hear you, now that's intercessory prayer, what made Job so special, he spoke what was right about God And he was a righteous man. Who else did he pray for in his life? His children. children. If perhaps they might have cursed God in their heart during the levity of a party. Now that is a righteous man when you pray for God to forgive your children because they might have cursed God in their heart. Did he get all those children back? Yes, he did. He was blessed abundantly. He ended up with twice what he ever had before. God hears the prayers of righteous men for others. Did Moses ever stand the gap for a whole nation? Amen. Did Samuel ever stand the gap for a whole nation? Yep. Did Daniel ever confess the sins of the whole nation? Yep. Did God hear all those great men? Yes, that's why they're listed. Their power and intercessory prayer for others' lives. Is there anything so wonderful as a, as a husband and a wife who can get down on their knees if they will? And pray and have God hear their prayers for their children and their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren. Right. Because, Lord, I have clean hands, and I love thee, and I have not put thy statutes away from me, but thy judgments have ever been before me. Hear my prayer for my great-grandchildren. I have such a father. Amen. My father's big brother was 14 years older than him. My father's big brother had a big Baptist church in Cleveland, Ohio. My father's big brother drove a Cadillac all the time when I was a little boy. While we drove used cars given to us by church members or are given to us below market rates. My father's big brother had a daughter that was my age that I played with as a child. She's already killed herself. I have a righteous father. And this sermon isn't about my father. But I have a righteous father. Right. Mm-hmm. And for every time he ever felt bad, because his big brother was so much, was more important, or appeared more important than he was. I want to honor my father before God, because I know the Lord's blessing, and so does my father in his life, versus his big brother's life. Amen. And I just told you one event. Oh, there's more on that, because you can affect your family if you'll be a righteous man. Amen. And you'll be a merciful man. If you'll be merciful, God will be merciful to your family. Oh, we've got to get back into the vault. God will bless you with exceptional abilities and events in your life. You say, is that for real? Look at Psalm 18. Is it for real? Amen. I hope you know I wouldn't tell you something that wasn't. <sighs> I could. But if I show you from the Word of God, will you believe me that it's real? Amen. Exceptional events in your life. Psalm 18. This is a crazy little verse, but I love this verse. Psalm 18. You know the passage. You know the context. It's David's righteousness and what God blessed him to do. Verse 29. Psalm 18, 29. For by thee I have run through a troop. And by my God have I leaped over a wall. Caleb. Can you understand that? He leaped over a wall. Mark Frederick. Can you understand that? David could leap over a wall and run through a whole troop of soldiers because God was with him. Exceptional abilities and exceptional events to the righteous man. How about Daniel, I've said I'd give you one, right? How about Daniel 11 where we won't turn to it, that way I can be honest. In Daniel 11 it says, and they that do, remember their God shall do exploits. Speaking of the Maccabees. In the intertestamental period between the Old Testament and the New, the Maccabees were warriors to defend Israel against the Greeks. They'll do exploits because they remember their God. They would not put up with the abominations that the Greeks tried to force on the nation of Israel. Do these verses strike your souls, brethren? Are we going to have righteous men in this church, and fathers and grandfathers and great-grandfathers? exceptional abilities and events. I ran through a troop. Now, you don't ordinarily, a single man, run through a troop of soldiers. No. Jonathan, his armor bearer, knew how to do it. Amen. Boy, by the time they took care of a half an acre of Philistines, it said there was a trembling in the host, because God was with them. Amen. You like that name? Mm-hmm. Jonathan, his armor bearer? You married to an armor bearer? If you turn to the left hand you turn to the right, is she going to turn to the left and right with you? That's what his armor bearer was going to do. Every woman in here can help her husband be a righteous man and be a prayer and pray with him and for him. And God's blessings will come on both of you and your children. Oh, God will bless them at death. Oh, two numbers 20, I'll just tell you. Numbers 23.10, Balaam said, let me die to death. Of the righteous. Oh, he saw that the death of the righteous was a sweet way to die. Precious in the Lord. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Death becomes a precious thing when a man is righteous. Have you ever been so righteous? And I don't mean self-righteous. But I mean righteous and walking with the Lord. Take me. Take me out. Give me the big one right now. No offense, brother. But you know what? Take me. So you know what it's like. There can be so much assurance that there is no fear of death whatsoever. And there ought to be fear of death unless you're at peace with God. Because who wants to stand before God not be at peace with Him? Isaiah 57. On this point about death becomes precious. And the righteous man has a blessed death. Isaiah 57. Verses 1 and 2. The righteous perisheth. Uh-oh. I'm going to give you in a minute that the righteous man lives a long life. The Bible tells us, he, it tells us he will add days to your life if you will be righteous. But look what it says. The righteous perisheth. Well, here's a righteous man dying, and it's apparently before his time. Let's go. The righteous perisheth, and no man layeth it to heart. And merciful men are taken away. God said he'd be merciful to the merciful. None considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. Amen. He shall enter into peace, brother. Oh, there is peace in heaven compared to this life. I don't care how good your marriage or business is doing. There is peace in heaven compared to this life. He shall enter into peace. They shall rest in their beds. Oh, brother, you won't have to get up in heaven for anything onerous. He shall rest in their beds, each one walking in his uprightness. God will preserve the righteous and take them into heaven, and there they will be confidently with their Lord. But none lay it, no one lays it to heart. They see a righteous man die early. Thank the Lord, He's been merciful to us. We haven't had such a thing. You know, tonight when we talk about the year 2004, we've had two births, no deaths in our in our number. The Lord's been good to us. He continues to be good to us. But look at the death of the righteous. It's a good thing. The Lord will sometimes take them out early in mercy so that they won't have to live through the evil that's about to come. Yep. Or there's going to be evil in their family and doesn't want them to have to endure it. it takes them on to heaven. Amen. You say, is there any bad news for the righteous man? Well, I couldn't find any. <laughs> I couldn't find any bad news in the vault. After I pulled out my 30, I, I swept the corners and couldn't find any bad news for the righteous no good thing will he withhold from the walk uprightly. Oh, how, many, yeah. how many verses do you need? Do you know how many there are? It's the love letter from the God of Heaven. Right. It's limitless. It's limitless. Mm. Blessed, de- blessed death. Okay. How about your family? Do you believe that God will be mer- that God will be merciful to your family for the sake of a righteous man? First Kings eleven. This is another one of those uh, ten. Supporting reference passages for this point, but that God will bless your seed and your descendants. Let's go to 1 Kings 11. 1 Kings 11. The first nine verses tell us that Solomon had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. They turned away his heart from serving God. He was a foolish king. God was angry with him. He worshipped and served gods that were honored by child sacrifice. It doesn't tell us that he did that, but he probably did. What would you build an, a temple to Chemosh, God of the Moabites, unless you were going to offer some of your children from your thousand women? Because they would want to offer them. God was angry with Solomon. Verse 9. And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned away from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice, and had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods, but he kept not that which the Lord commanded. Wherefore the Lord said unto Solomon, For as much as this is done of thee, and thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded thee, I will surely rend the kingdom from thee, and will give it to thy servant, Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. Notwithstanding, in thy days I will not do it for David thy father's sake, but I will rend it out of the hand of thy son. Howbeit I will not rend away all the kingdom, but will give one tribe to thy son for David, my servant's sake, and for Jerusalem's sake, which I have chosen. I want you to take from that passage that God, who was angry at Solomon, did not judge Solomon in his lifetime, not for Solomon's righteousness, but for David's righteousness. Right. And is David bad enough for you to be able to measure yourself by David? Is he good enough that you're able... You know, we want to measure ourselves by the good things in David's life. I love that passage. Do you love that passage? Yeah. A man that failed is. And David failed more than just with Bathsheba. The Lord overlooked the other failures he made, because that was so presumptuous and heinous. But look it, he had mercy on Solomon for David's sake. God will have mercy on your family if you're righteous. And that is not the only place I can turn you. Did I promise I wouldn't turn to more than one? No. No. (laughs) There's more on that subject. Psalm 25:13. I'll get another one out of it while I'm there. I know the verse. I'll get another Psalm 25 Psalm 25 I'm not trying to be funny. I don't want to lie to you people about what I'm going to how long I'm going to take or what I'm going to say. Psalm 25:13. Look at the verse. His soul shall dwell at ease. That's another point. Do you want your soul to be comfortable? Your soul. Amen. To dwell at ease. What's it speaking of? It's speaking of the man that feareth the Lord, verse 12. A soul at ease. You know, Jabez prayed, Lord, I pray that my life will not grieve me. And God gave him the prayer of his heart. But here's the promise of God to a man that fears the Lord. He'll put his soul at ease. The good life. The easy life. Because you're at peace in your soul. That's another point. But the second half of twenty-five thirteen is, and his seed shall inherit the earth. God will bless the righteous and he will bless the generation of the righteous as Psalm 112 tells us plainly which some of you would have read last evening. The Lord will bless the descendants of a righteous man. So I encourage all of you that are getting older you can't train children any longer. You can do more for your children than you could when you had them. Pray and live a righteous life. And not in that order. Live a righteous life and pray. And the Lord will bless your family. Look at the mercy he had in the word of God, even to a man like David, for his righteousness. Let's go to Job 42 again. Job 42. God will be merciful for your own sins. If you overall are living a righteous life, even when you fail, Even when you sin, God will be merciful to you. Since we've already read a number of these verses, I'm just going to remind you of what's here in Job 42, verses 10 through 17. The last eight verses of Job 42, the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Twice as much. Why? Because he repented in sackcloth and ashes. He said, I cover my mouth. I have heard of you by the ear, but now I have seen thee. Now I understand how great you are and that you have a right to do anything you wish with me. I put my hand over my mouth. And God gave him twice back. But do you know what he did for the chapters between chapter 3 and chapter 40? He was self-righteous and he blamed God. But God was merciful because he was a righteous man. Oh, brethren, is that good? Is that sweet to the sinful soul? Amen. (laughs) That is sweet. Thank you, Lord. I can measure up to a man as bad as Job in chapters 3 through 40. I just hope I'll measure up to him in chapters 1 and 2 when I'll tell my wife to take a long walk on a short pier when she tells me to curse God and die. She hasn't yet. I'm not saying she will. Oh, see, every time I use an illustration, I get in trouble. Can we be like Job in chapter 1? When he's naked, scraping himself in a campfire. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all these things, Job did not charge God foolishly. Amen. That man was blessed. You know, you read the rest of this chapter. This is a, This is a chapter... Eric is referred to because Eric's trying to outdo Job, and he has. Has he? There's blessing in this chapter. He got twice everything back. What are the names of his sons? Can somebody help me with the names of Job's sons? Don't know? No name, huh? just who cares? What the, do you know the names of his daughters? Yeah, there they are. There's Aunt Jemima. In Job 42:14, she wasn't Aunt Jemima. She was Jemima, and he had three daughters, and they were known—they were the fairest women in the land. And God blessed Job. Now, what was all that for? God is merciful even when we sin, because when you read the book, Job got quite haughty. God, come down here and talk to me, and I'll set you straight about the way you're treating me. I don't even like reading it. Do you do you like reading? Do you do you get uncomfortable even reading the way Job was talking about God? God forgave him. He's merciful because Job was merciful. How was Job merciful? Yes, he was merciful to his servants, but I mean, right in chapter 42, he prayed for his friends. If you had sat there for 40 chapters and had those friends tell you that the whole problem is because of your secret sins, does Job get a little upset with them? Did he tell them that though they were the wisest men on earth, you're not good enough to be set with my father's dogs? Okay, there there was some animosity there. But did Job forgive them? He did. He prayed for them. God forgave him. Do you believe the verses with the merciful? Thou wilt show thyself merciful. Brethren, it's the nature of our lives. Chad, I'm going to offend you. I have, I will. Will you forgive me? When you offend me, I'll forgive you. I'll be merciful. I'll overlook what you do to irritate me. If you'll overlook all the things that I do to irritate you. If we do that to each other, God will do that to us. With the merciful, thou wilt show thyself merciful. It's the nature of a a room like this that we all irritate each other. We do things that hurt each other's feelings. But if we're merciful, God will be merciful. If we're stubborn and we try to get our pound of flesh from someone, what does the Lord say? I'll get my pound of flesh from you. You can never err on the merciful side. In any personal matter. I'm not talking about compromising the word of God. I'm talking about compromising your little petty interest in something. You can never lose. You can always win. Be merciful. And the Lord will be merciful. Forty chapters. These guys were picking on Job unmercifully. As soon as one would lose his breath, the next one would take up. Have you noticed that? Yep. They were, it was a tag wrestling team. Some of you know about that. Tag team in wrestling. When has do his thing, and as soon as he wore out... Bildad would jump in, and when Bildad was tired, Zophar would, be, would jump in. Over and over, the cycle of those three men picking on Job, Job forgave them, and God forgave him, and blessed him with twice that he, that he had before. God will be merciful to a man for his sins. Look at Second Chronicles 34. God will postpone judgment for the sake of a righteous man. He can be burning in wrath and postponing. Now, we've already read this once. He was mad at Solomon and he postponed it for David's sake. In 2 Chronicles 34, who are we reading about? Josiah. Josiah. Josiah found the law of God had been lost. When it was read to him, he repented in sackcloth and ashes. He said, we are in deep trouble because this word that has just been read to me tells us that if we disobey as we have been disobeying, we're going to be severely judged by God. Well, the message came to him in verses 23 through 28. The message came to him, and look what it says in verse 27. Because thine heart was tender, and thou didst humble thyself before God, when thou heardest his words against this place and against the inhabitants thereof, and humblest thyself before me, and didst rend thy clothes and weep before me, I have even heard thee also, saith the Lord. Behold, I will gather thee to thy fathers, and thou shalt be gathered to thy grave in peace. Neither shall thine eyes see all the evil that I will bring upon this place, and upon the inhabitants of the same. So they brought the king word again. God, that was trembling in anger against the nation of Israel, was going to judge them. Held it back until Josiah had died and brought it later. Because of the righteous, it tells you why. He humbled himself before the Lord. Where in your life do you need to humble yourself? Is it with your spouse? Are you arrogant, haughty, and froward with your spouse? There's a God in heaven. And when that woman or that husband goes to the altar of God, and there are tears that may not even be on their cheeks, God sees it and considers it treachery. Where would I get that from? Malachi chapter 2, verses 10 through 16. Are you merciful with your spouse, or are you froward? We need to look into all of our relationships, all of our duties before the Lord, and be faithful in all of them. And it's not an onerous burden. His commandments are not grievous. They're for your profit. You'll be happier being merciful than you will be being forward. You win on every turn. Is it a win-win situation when you serve the Lord? Trust and obey, for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus. where am I not being merciful? Everyone should be asking that. Where am, I, where am I not being merciful? Where am I trying to get a pound of flesh out of someone or I'm punishing them or I'm being cold toward them or I'm going to return their unkindness to me? There's a God in heaven and he'll turn to be your enemy. Let's examine every relationship we have and be merciful. Malachi 3.16. Oh, I'm I'm about to end. Malachi 3.16. You're going to have to go do a little bit of work. Would that hurt you? To look into the vault and see what treasures belong to you? These are things God will do for a righteous man or a righteous woman. You say, thank you for mentioning women. Okay, I'll mention a few more. By faith, Sarah. Receive strength to conceive see when she was past age. Can you match up to Sarah? I don't think I can. She called her husband Lord. Oh, come on. Do it inside, then if you can't do it outside, because Sarah did it inside. What else did Sarah do? When God told her that she's going to have a son, what did she do? First thing. She laughed. When God said, Why'd you laugh? What'd you she do? She lied. Can you measure up? She got the hall of faith. For by it, the elders and their women got a good report. Isn't that precious? Rahab the harlot. Any of you have sins in your past that you dread, regret, grieve over? Rahab the harlot. By faith, Rahab. Why is Rahab the example of justification by works? Oh, we we had pleasure last night in the Crosby household. It was our little family. But just I had pleasure. I don't know if they did. You know, I go too long then. I go too long now. But I had so much pleasure with Rahab. Here's a harlot. I'll tell you something. The Lord Jehovah had opened her heart as much as he'd opened Lydia's. And there was knocking at her door, and the Gestapo was at her door. And they wanted to know where those Hebrew spies were. Mm -hmm. Because they were scared, silly, in the city of Jericho. About the God of Israel that was coming from Egypt. And she said, Oh, you were looking for them? You just missed them. They were here. They went that way. I overheard them that they were going to go with brook such and such. They're over that side of the mountain. And if you hurry, you can get them before dark. And they take off. And Rahab goes up onto her rooftop and finds the men that she has hidden there under the flax. And she says, When the God when the Lord Jehovah of Israel takes this city, will you be merciful to my Father's house? The whole thing fell flat, brethren. I mean, the walls fell flat, but there was one house that was built on the wall that stood straight up tall. What made the difference? A woman put her trust in the Lord Jehovah and was a righteous woman. Can you measure up to her sordid past? Isn't the word of... Why did he pick... Why did he pick Abigail for Hebrews 11? Abigail, Abigail's a little too high for most of us to attain to, women. He puts Rahab in there. What other woman made it to Matthew chapter 1? Tamar! Oh, do I need to go there? Bathsheba! Ruth! A Moabitess. Okay, that was all for you women. Rahab the harlot. What a good liar! And you understand that, right, Caleb? When Rahab was a good liar, she lied to save the lives of God's two spies because she wanted to obey the Lord. We don't ordinarily believe in telling lies. But to save life, we would, and we'd do it as well as Rahab, I hope. She did it well. God postponed judgment, set aside judgment, and her house stood still. For the women, I hope that you'll take comfort in that. God will bless you with a long life. He that will see good days and many days. The Bible says, depart from evil, do good, seek peace. Keep your mouth from speaking guile, and God will give you a long life. You know there are many passages that affect in the book of Proverbs. Many. You know that children obeying your parents, long life. But just general obedience brings long life. Ordinarily. God will, now remember, Isaiah 57 has a man dying before his time, but it was in mercy. Ordinarily, a righteous life causes people to live longer. Do you know what the average age is of a rock musician? The average age is under 30. A rap musician is under 25. Hard living takes a toll on men's lives. You live a righteous life, you're going to live longer and you're going to be healthier. Malachi chapter 3, that's where we were going. Malachi chapter 3, God makes a difference. God will deliver from judgment. I need a reminder sometimes where I was. Verse 16, Then they that fear the Lord spake often one to another, This is a righteous man and men, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. Do Do you fear the Lord today? Do you think upon his name? Do you love his name? Do you love to hear me say, the Lord Jehovah? Do you love to hear the words, the Lord, Jesus Christ? Did you love to hear a prayer that was shortly closed with, Jesus of Nazareth, the Christ? And do you like to think upon that name? And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. You'll be able to see it with your eyes that God makes a difference. Amen. I've described one difference in my own family already. Amen. God will make a difference. It's one of the treasures in his vault of the righteous man. Does the Bible say that if a man's ways please the Lord, he'll make even his enemies to be at peace with him? Is that quite a promise? Is that quite a treasure? Reach in and take it. A righteous man, God will make his enemies to be at peace with him. The righteous are as bold as a lion, but the wicked flee when no man pursueth. You want something to give you courage in life? Live righteously. When you live righteously, you lay in bed at night with an absolutely clear conscience before God, and he fills you with power. There's power in the life of a righteous man. David said, he hath taught my fingers to fight and my hands to war. David was a gentleman. He ended up being a man of war because there were so many enemies to Israel. Right. God taught him how to fight. God united his congregation, under his, his nation under him. God gave him the necks of all of his enemies. And he was bold when you... But you know, when you sin, you flee when no man pursueth. Yeah. If you have bad driving habits and you see the cherry... What happens? Does your pulse go up? Your blood pressure go up and you sweat? Because you know you've been a bad boy on the roads. And there's a man that can cost you a few bucks for being a bad boy. And I'm not making light of it. Submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. My point being, the fear of guilt. But when you're righteous, there's no guilt. There's no shame. There's confidence and boldness. No man can find... Look at Daniel his colleagues tried to find fault with him and they couldn't find a single thing and they just gave up and said we're going to have to make it regarding his God. Daniel could go to work every day and know that there was nothing to be found on him. And that's the way we want it to be for all of us. That's a treasure. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Now that's strong language. That's a wonderful metaphor. That's a simile because it says like. No it doesn't. The righteous are bold as a lion. It's not the word as. It's a simile. But the lion is a powerful beast, and bold, courageous, fearless. The man who lives a righteous life. These are are a few of the treasures of God's precious word for the righteous. It's a proof of your salvation, brother, and It goes on and on. When you rebuke a man, if you've been living a righteous life, he's going to count it a kindness because he knows that you're a righteous man and you're doing it with good intentions. It'll bring treasure into your life. You'll please great men. It's how you please your parents and make them the happiest. Is to live a righteous life. The Bible goes on and on. God will make a difference throughout your whole life. He'll delight in your way. He'll favor your path. He'll lead you and bless you. And then one day, while many are hearing the words, depart from me. I never knew you. You will hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. The what? The joy. The fear? No. The joy of thy Lord. Because then there will be no more fear. Because you will know that you are his and his alone alone. And he is yours for the righteous man. You can go, you go to Hebrews 11 and look at their lives. They obtained a good report. Abel offered the better sacrifice, and God blessed him. Noah condemned the world and overthrew it. Did he save any more than himself? The Bible says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. The Bible says, The only have I found righteous in this generation. But did he save his whole family? He did. His wife, his daughters-in-law, yes. A righteous man is a man who keeps God's commandments out of love to him and his saints. He sins, but he doesn't live in sin. He doesn't love sin. He forsakes sin. He repents and confesses his sins and returns to righteousness. You know, we study the book of Proverbs so that we might know exactly what a righteous life looks like. You live the book of Proverbs, that is a righteous life. It right. begins with the fear of the Lord, and it, de- it involves all the details of our lives. Every man in here knows what I have given you, and that is the ten priorities of a man's life, the ten sections of your life, ranging from your spiritual relationship with God to your physical and political relationships with, our, with your body and our country. And in between, your wife, your family, your church, your neighbors, your profession, the ten areas of a man's life. Are you righteous in all of them? Brethren, as time goes on, the difference in this congregation will become more and more visible. Children will grow up and grandchildren will grow up to fear the Lord and you will know that there is a righteous man a righteous woman or righteous men and women in that family. Other families will have their children depart for the world live hypocritical, wasted lives, and there'll be trouble, unhappiness, misery, and you will know that there was an unrighteous man, unrighteous woman, or both of them. Now God makes exceptions to try men, but the exceptions don't change the rule. With the froward, God will be froward, and with the merciful, the righteous, the upright, and the pure, God will be merciful, righteous, upright, and pure the challenge is the challenge is for us today every single one of us to believe this with all of our hearts and to lay hold of it to hear God speaking to us as God spoke to Abraham in Genesis 17 1 when Abraham was ninety and nine years old the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him I am the almighty God walk before me and be thou perfect. I am nobody. I am, the, I am less than the least of all saints. But I tell you the truth this morning. I speak for the Almighty God. Amen. And I He says it. to you, walk before me, and be thou perfect. A man left his job, his estate, his contacts, his mentors, his network, in Ur of the Chaldees and traveled hundreds of miles. Was he a pauper in the end? Was he so rich the land couldn't contain him? When he went and dealt with kings like the kings of Egypt, whose side was God on? No one will understand what I'm about to say and don't anybody laugh because I'm not trying to be funny. But kings get erectile dysfunction and Abraham is in the place God was with him and blessed him did God ever appear to him did God speak to him did God bless his progeny did God bless his wife did God bless his children his grandchildren I am the almighty God Walk before me. Be thou perfect. He's the Father of the faithful. He's our example. He was blessed abundantly. He's in heaven. Do you know what heaven's called in the Bible? Abraham's bosom. Abraham's bosom. Oh, God, save us from hypocrisy or from self righteousness. Let us measure our righteousness by the word of God. I have preached to you today what I am told in my job description to preach to you. My job description in Ezekiel 33, 12 and 13 tells me that if I do not warn the righteous man and the righteous man turns from his righteousness to wickedness, God will forget all the righteousness that he has ever done and will judge him for his wickedness. And I will be held responsible and his blood will be on my hands as well. But if I warn the righteous man that if he turns from his righteousness to wickedness and God judges him, my hands will be clean. I've warned all of us today. I'm one with you. Oh, let's be righteous. Amen. I visited a church that gave up on righteousness. It doesn't require it. doesn't teach it. It doesn't make for big membership. Or in your life where you're not being Righteous. Where are you not being upright? Where are you not being merciful? Where are you not being pure? Let's live the powerful life of a righteous man. I am God Almighty. Speaking on behalf of my Master, walk before me. Be thou perfect. And I will bless thee.